Welcome to our message for Reign of Christ Sunday, November 21st, 2021. Our text for today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own accord, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would reign in our lives today. Make your kingdom a reality for us, and through us, make your kingdom a reality in our community, in our state, and around the world. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Almost 14 years ago, Olivia, Melissa, and I got to visit a U.S. Embassy. We were in Guatemala City picking Olivia up to bring her home for the first time. Our last step was to stop by the U.S. Embassy in Guatemala. It was really a surreal experience. We'd been in Guatemala City for about a week. We'd visited over in Antigua. We had gotten to experience the culture of Guatemala, the language. Uh, we'd just been immersed in that beautiful culture. But then in this uh, almost last stop, really, we walked through the gates of the embassy, and all of a sudden, it felt different. The American flag was flying. The, uh, the people that we talked with were English speakers, English as a first language. They looked like us. The American laws applied there inside those gates, not Guatemalan law. You see, that small plot of ground uh, was sovereign U.S. soil, right in the middle of a foreign country. Once we walked through the gates, we were really no longer in Guatemala. We were in the United States on sovereign territory. For the length of our visit in the embassy, we were under the reign of the United States. Guatemala had no real authority over us. In similar fashion, Jesus established his reign on earth. The church, that is, all of us who follow Christ, we exist as heaven's embassy in the world. Wherever we are, that's where the reign of Christ exists. We're physically located in Tuscaloosa, but we're actually under the reign of Christ. My kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. His followers are a part of this divine embassy in the world. Paul later called us ambassadors for Christ. We are citizens, primarily citizens, of another country on a mission to this place and time. As citizens of heaven, we live primarily under the reign of Christ. Christ's rule is our first allegiance. And life under the reign of Christ is different. I'll attempt to illustrate at least three differences in the reign of Christ. Three ways that, that living under Christ's reign is different from living in this world. First, the law of the kingdom, the law of the reign of Christ, is peace rather than power. Peace rather than power. 
the law of the land in Jesus' day was the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. And uh, to be honest, the Roman peace wasn't very peaceful. It was enforced by with an iron fist. Anytime someone dared to speak out against the emperor or to speak out against Rome or to challenge unjust structures within the power structure, Rome would, dis- would respond with decisive power. Uh, they would show up with forces and they would burn and kill and destroy anything that got in their way. They maintained a version of peace, but only through the exercise of really extreme violence. Uh, it was peace through power. Jesus resisted that kind of peace, though. He resisted the use of force. When he was arrested, Peter tried to defend him by attacking one of the soldiers, cutting off his ear. But Jesus' response to that was that those who live by the sword die by the sword. And then Jesus healed the very soldier who was there to arrest him. Rather than defend himself, Jesus suffered death even a brutal death on a cross. Power is made perfect in weakness. Love your enemies, Jesus said. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. Those are the principles of this heavenly kingdom that we're concerned with the other, even if the other is someone we call an enemy that we choose peace over violence, not peace through violence. Uh, I, I love visiting on naval ships. I've had the opportunity to visit more than once on the USS Alabama. It's an incredible piece of machinery. Uh, I went uh, much earlier in life and I was amazed at the power of this, uh, of this ship and that, that the guns could launch these two ton projectiles, 25 miles. I was amazed by, uh, by the incredible capabilities that that ship had. I had the chance to visit again with my family this last summer, and I'm still amazed at the technology, but I experienced something different this time as we walked around the ship, as we looked at the photographs of, its, uh, uh, of it during wartime. Uh, I was heartbroken. I was so saddened that we human beings sometimes behave in a way that such machines have to be built. She defended us in a war that was taking away far too many lives. Maybe she was necessary, but I'm heartbroken that the best we could do was to keep peace through that kind of violence. Our highest ideal is to gain peace through sacrifice. To be honest, the church has too often used violence to get its own way. When it did, it violated the reign of Christ. Secondly, the reign of Christ elevates rather than subjugates. Elevates rather than subjugates. In New Testament times, authorities subjugated and isolated those they perceived as unworthy. They put lepers into colonies. Tax collectors were considered unclean and they weren't allowed in polite company. The religious leaders cautioned Jesus not to eat with sinners. They scorned him. If he only knew the type of person he was eating with, he wouldn't be here, they said. We do the same thing sometimes in our time as well, don't we? We we isolate those that 
we deem less worthy. But Jesus elevated the outcast. He ate with the tax collectors. In spite of religious inject, uh, objections, in spite of the fact that the leaders of the day were putting him down for it, Jesus sat down in tax collectors' homes and he enjoyed meals. He touched the untouchable lepers and brought healing. He welcomed the gift of a woman's tears as she cried at his feet. Those people were very important to Jesus. They were valued. I came to seek and to save the lost, he said. He reminded those upright religious folks that healthy people don't need a doctor. It's the sick who need a physician. When the church isolates itself from the marginalized, it violates the reign of Christ. Worse yet, when the church supports systems that keep others isolated, that puts people behind barriers, we violate the reign of Christ. Third, the reign of Christ builds bridges, not barriers. The culture of the day in, in Jesus' time divided people. There were Jews and Gentiles, Romans and Samaritans. They were all considered different and structure, uh, structures and safeguards were put in place to keep them all separate. Jews had no dealings with Gentiles. Romans were evil occupiers that were uh, that were there taking over their space. Uh, Samaritans were uh, considered to be uh, unclean half-breeds. And so everything about culture was, was, was structured to keep those groups apart from one, one another, to keep an enmity between them. But Jesus built bridges into those communities. Jesus praised the Roman centurion for his great faith. Greater faith he found in the Roman centurion than, in, than among all the children of Abraham, he said. Wow, uh, what an incredible bridge. What an incredible outreach to this Roman occupying force. He had that conversation with a woman at the well in Samaria where he told her about all that she'd ever done and he loved her anyway. <clears throat> and through her, he welcomed that whole village, the Samaritan village, the whole village, he welcomed them to have faith in Christ. He led his disciples more than once, but one time he led his disciples uh, across the Sea of Galilee into Gentile territory where he healed the Gerasene demoniac. Uh, just for the disciples, just to set foot on Gentile territory made them unclean, and yet Jesus dared to make them unclean that he might bring healing to a tormented Gentile. Sometimes the church identifies itself by national or political boundaries. We like to define our faith sometimes in, turn of, in terms of our nationality or our ethnic group. We need to remember, though, that when all this is said and done, people from every nation, tribe, and tongue will gather around Christ's throne. And the worship that is going to be going on in heaven is going to blow our minds and it's going to include all sorts of people, including some people that we thought perhaps are not worthy. We are strangers in a strange land. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are part of a heavenly embassy in this world. Jesus' teachings challenged the Roman world order. He was establishing something new something better. And it got him killed. 
with whom is our allegiance? With which power structures will we align? Do we align with the power structures of this world or with Christ? Where is our true citizenship? You can't serve two masters, Jesus said. When we choose peace, we choose Christ. When we share God's love with marginalized people, the least, the last, the lost, we choose Christ. When we stretch out our arms, even beyond our borders, to all people, we choose Christ. Today, may Christ rule in our hearts that we may be a part of advancing God's kingdom in this world. Amen.